الرحمن الرحيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته A voice here episode 2 I can't believe I'm doing this but honestly thank you guys so much for the feedback and all those of you guys who are supporting me welcome back to those of you guys who have been here before and if you're new welcome before we go back to where I left off I just want to mention I've been sharing my journey on the internet through blog, a Instagram post, Instagram story for about three years since like COVID started in 2020, like bits and pieces here and there. But I've always felt like I wanted to have a more intimate connection, being able to like verbalize, use my voice to help people. And I feel like as time has progressed, you know, life changes, people change. And I'm so glad that I get to be here and I get to voice my voice something that I've been wanting to do for a very long time so before we get back to the story where I left it off on episode one I want to go a tad bit back to the whole pregnancy journey that I had before the birth came because we started at like at the birth we ended at the birth I mean so going back to the pregnancy journey because that was like like a mini roller coaster it was the first time I feel like I had to overcome obstacles and they came like um they came like one after the other it felt like you know good news bad news good news bad news good news bad news so it was a bit of a like mini roller coaster um that i had to go through i always say this and i always will say this and i feel like it's important for people to understand and know that the nim'a the 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 blessing within a woman a mother to be able to carry a child that within itself is such a huge blessing uh, that we take for granted sometimes. And then we don't like kind of indulge in the, the blessing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us because we think it's something that is very natural when it's not. Because I feel like understanding when a seed has been planted in your womb, your stomach, it's come from the heaven. It's something Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has written on the Lawful Mahfud. So like nothing's by default. And everything is a divine decree from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from God himself. And I think me and my pregnancy journey, I I definitely recall being super grateful that I was even able to have that pregnancy mark on that thermometer looking thingy. <laughs> it's a pregnancy stick, but you know, you know what I mean? But that within itself was major for me. And I, I I kind of like digested that for a while and was like super positive and amazed by it, subhanAllah. Anyways, we went to our first antenatal scan about eight to nine weeks. I think you go through the antenatal scan, which is like the general checkup. You know, you do the blood tests and whatever else the weigh-in and whatever else that needs to be done depending on who you are as an individual human as a human because every woman is different and because I was quite young and this was my first baby um and alhamdulillah I didn't have any other medical health needs prior um that part was kind of like smooth sailing so the first kind of turning point for me was when I went to my 12-week scan so when I went to my 12-week scan, I feel like that there was a big change in 
the mindset for me too because I sat down on the you know the ultrasound chair table bed whatever you want to call it and had my ultrasound taken and within five minutes of being there I remember the nurse the woman the radiographer or sonographer I don't know which one they're called um like she was spending a bit of time on a specific section obviously I wouldn't know she um she was like there's extra fluid behind the baby's neck um which seems a little bit concerning but we you know we'll, we'll have a double check and I'll speak to the senior etc and I was just like okay cool don't panic you know don't panic she came back and she came back with somebody else they obviously looked into the screen they're like don't worry too much about it we'll see you in another few weeks so uh, this is my first baby extra fluid behind the baby's neck when I got home, the first thing I did was go on Mr. Google that, you know, gives you a heartthrob enough time. And this is another reason why I sit here and say this is Google really gives you the worst cases or no understanding of a case. Like it literally leaves you mind boggled. And for majority of the research that I did for everything, I feel like I found out when I went to Google, I always had more questions than answers. Hence why I feel like, you know, being able to speak to a human being or understand a human being's perspective of how kind of life, different events in life happen, kind of eases the mind, like I say. But yeah, when I went on Google, what was on there about the extra fluid being behind the baby's neck, um, it kind of said like um, abnormalities and different types of things. So from that moment on, from that three month, 12 week scan, my brain was like going into like fight or flight mode. Think or don't think, you know, don't overburden yourself, overburden yourself, do all the research. So I was in like a bit of a funny phase as time went on. And bearing in mind, I was in my first year of university as this is happening, say about 19 years old in my first year. And I'm just like, continue with life. Do the best you can and continue. Don't worry too much. Everything is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That was my mindset. Even though you have, it's very normal to have these like thoughts in your head because thoughts are thoughts. They're just things that happen in your head. It's not things that are happening to you outside of your head. Because as a human being, you have to process things. And I think when you think about things, you think about it in all aspects you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, the maybe not so ugly. But um, as I went to my 16-week scan, the funniest thing had to happen, which was obviously another mind-boggling moment for me. They just sat there, done the scan, and then said, everything is perfectly fine. So I'm there again, dazed, thinking, am I bugging or these people are driving me up the wall right now? And... Um, and unfortunately, after a few more weeks, they have sent me for a fetal scan. And bearing in mind, they have not mentioned nothing to me prior to that. At that 16-week scan, they've said everything looks fine, nothing to worry about, you know, keep it moving. Then I get a scan for my 28-week scan. And in between that, I've only had a few blood tests that I've went in to see a midwife. Nothing that was triggering to me. And then 28 weeks... I get a letter saying, come in for a fetal, fetal cardiac ultrasound scan. 
at the Great Ormond Street Hospital for children. And that within itself, you know, those words, Great Ormond Street Hospital for children, I said in my head, and I thought, nah, there's definitely something going on. And we're going to get to the bottom of it anyways. So me and my sister go to the appointment. Alhamdulillah, me and my older sister, she came with me. Went to Great Ormond Street Hospital. We call it Gosh. So sometimes when you guys see me saying Gosh, that's what Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children is an abbreviation for. Um, as I get there, the room is much bigger. The monitors are much bigger it's like the whole atmosphere is a tad bit more frightening there's more people in the room this time and there's just so much going on but at the same time the room is silent and you would be able to hear a pin drop they're not even speaking amongst themselves the 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 people that were in the room obviously i find out who they are afterwards but when they're in the room it's like yeah hi i'm dr so-and-so i'm here just to have a look at the ultrasound, you know, scan. And you're like, okay, go ahead. So go ahead to having the scan. After the scan is finished, and the scan took a very lengthy time frame. It was a moment and a half. I can't remember how long it was, but you know when something just feels so long, it felt long. They then said to us, you know, come into a room, and we were going to talk about, you know, the findings. And in that same moment, they also say to me, are you sure you want your sister to be here? And I'm like, this is my support system. Thank you very much. I need her to be here. And obviously, bearing in mind, my mom, my sister's already a mum. And for her, her facial expressions gave me all the answers I needed because she's obviously had kids before. She hasn't had been through this process where you have to go to a whole other hospital to have a scan and etc. But she was obviously trying to be calm for me. And me, I, I feel like I'm one of those people that... But when things are really serious, I tend to just have a smirk on my face or end up laughing about something. It's not that I'm unserious. Sometimes I just don't know how to deal with serious moments. And that's just me. Um, I do eventually deal with them as time progresses. But in the moment, I feel like if you don't laugh, you will cry. That's who I am. If I don't laugh, you cry. If I, if I don't laugh, I cry. Anyways, so we go and sit in the room and they've sat me down and my sister and they proceed to have this conversation, this very intense, you know, heart-throbbing conversation. And they start to mention, basically, that the baby in your womb right now um, has a very complex heart. It's something called hyperplastic right heart syndrome, pulmonary atresia, um, and so much more that we will not know until the baby is born that we can do a proper echo um, on the baby itself. Because this was obviously through me to get to the baby's heart. Um, they said there's, there could be a, many other complexities. I don't even know if that word is right. I always get it wrong. Um, there could be other, like, many complex more needs once the baby is born. Um, however, we feel, and then this is the part where, like, the sympathy mode voice change starts to happen from them. We're like, you know, you're quite young and you're in university. This is your first year. There's a lot going on. Um, but we have, like, a suggestion 
they gave me basically, quote unquote, a three different type of offers, which way I want to go about the situation. And obviously in my head, no word of a lie. However, I know other people find this situation a bit more complex than I did. But I feel like where I was as that 19-year-old girl, um, having her first baby, just finding out that the baby was going to have all these complex needs, I felt like everything was written for me and was supposed to be the way it was supposed to be in that moment. I didn't question why is my baby going to be a sick baby because that's in hindsight what they were saying is that your baby might not even last to the end of the pregnancy. Um, anyways, the three options that they've given me was, um, you know, we can terminate the pregnancy right now. That was the first option. The second option was we can, when the baby is born, um, we won't do any interventions. We won't intervene with the baby, like no medications or surgeries. And the baby will eventually come to the end of its life. Um, or the third option being um, do the interventions, give the medications, give the surgeries whenever it needs to be done. Because obviously they had to, the baby has to come out alive first. Um, which was what they were trying to basically say to me in perspective. And I was like, Alhamdulillah. In my head, the first thing that came to my head was the first thought I will never ever forget is, SubhanAllah, do these people not know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of course, it, it, <laughs> on a serious note, they didn't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they had this look, like this daunting look on their face that made me question myself. But I knew, I knew I was so sure of myself. But I wasn't sure of all the information they were giving me. Is, is this real information or is this to kind of throw me off of the journey itself is what I was asking myself. Um, of course, to, we've taken all the information that we needed to take and we went on our way. And when I went home, this is the thing, again, I'll go back to, went back to YouTube and Google to find these epic, you know, research answers. And I'm not even joking, guys. Yeah, this is in 2013. I'm going back to the year 2013. And it's a decade a decade ago. So YouTube itself and, like, Google obviously had all these crazy answers and researches, but it was it would only show you basically life or death. There was nothing in between. And then YouTube, there was a few videos from a few people who lived in America, and their stories were so... Subhanallah, so heartbreaking that I did not see one child survive. So imagine I went home, researched the condition that my child has, and everything I saw was, you know, baby, baby's born, baby has surgery, baby dies. And I was like, Subhanallah, if this is what Allah wants for me, then tie your camel. And I don't know, not a lot of people are like me. Again, I always like to hope for the best but also expect the worst. So I hope in my heart that the, the best, I will always have the best result. But I also give myself the expectancy of the worst th case thing can happen. And you need to kind of like, not nip it in the bud, but just understand bad things do happen sometimes. And this is also part of the journey. And that's the kind of like inkling I ran with for the rest of the pregnancy. So obviously in that room, they also said to me before I left, that I would be monitored every Wednesday, once a week, on a Wednesday, 
at my local hospital until the day I give birth. They've, of course, as well, like, tried to persuade me to be induced, to stay closer to the hospital that was where the children's hospital would be. And I thought, you know what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he created women. How many of us is there in the world? Mothers, women, naturally. You go into labour. Like, there weren't hospitals, say, 100 years ago. And women were giving birth underneath trees, as they say. But alhamdulillah, obviously, time has progressed and now we have a whole support system. The fact that I even found out that my baby had a condition prior to birth, again, I feel like, subhanAllah, was a nim'ah within itself, a blessing within itself that I felt like was something I was super grateful for. I was just like, thanks God, you know, you gave me a heads up before. Because a lot of people do have children and find out their conditions after they're born and they have to battle with doctors and nurses and hospitals and you know so much so much goes into it when you have a child who has a need a complex life um it's not easy for the mother 100 percent. and going back to the story i feel like i keep jumping off the topic they've said that your child has half a heart we're gonna wait for the baby to arrive and long and behold alhamdulillah my child arrives and He's three and a half kilos, which is a very average weight, which obviously a lot of people were surprised. But the first thing that was said to me as soon as I had, as soon as the baby came out of me was, do you know that he has talipes? And I kid you not, when I saw my son in front of me, he was as blue as Smurf. You know, the cartoon character. My son was so blue. And the nurse, the first thing she says is, do you know that he has talipes? And I was just like, what's talipes? Even though they told me that my child has, you know, might have some deformity in their feet during the time that they spent in the womb and how they were positioned. Of course, it was a congenital thing. Um, I had so many things to process in terms of the heart, in terms of being able to being at university and going to these appointments, having these blood tests on a weekly basis, being monitored for hours on end with straps stuck to my body. Um, there was a lot going on. So I kind of, I feel like I kind of avoided the thought of the talipes in my, my brain, even though they said it at one point. Because I do remember it being said, but I don't remember too much of it. I don't remember too much of the research. I don't remember researching it at all, to be quite fair. I also don't remember much of the birth itself, like the labour. Um, it was eight hours. There was a lot going on. I had a lot of doctors in the room because they was on standby for the baby due to them knowing um, prior to me having the baby that there, it would be a complex um, child. And I've, of course, I've chosen the route to take the medication when the baby's born, if needs be. So the minute I gave birth, there was just so much going on. And birth itself is such a... Subhanallah, traumatic journey, the pain, the things you go through. Um, Alhamdulillah, Allah blessed me also um, to be able to have a birth that I didn't have to have a C-section or an epidural. Um, I could barely even take the gas and air because it made me feel so nauseous and so lightheaded that more or less I just had the baby, Alhamdulillah. And my mum found it quite funny as well. Uh, 
because I was literally just trying to read all the names of Allah while I was giving birth. Any name that I could think of, Allah's around, like, because he has 99 names that we are aware of. Um, I just started to say every single name of Allah. And he, I felt like he made it, you know, he did, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it very easy for me during that time to be able to give birth. As crazy as of a roller coaster it was, it was alhamdulillah. The next moment was, he comes out, he's blue, he's got talipes, is the name, the, the words that she's given to me. And he gets taken away in that split second. I did not even hold him in my arms. I, I just saw him from point of view and then he was trolleyed off with the doctors. Then I was left in this like silent room by myself with just a midwife. And it was it was something that I really remember being um numbing. It was very numbing. I didn't have much thoughts. I didn't I didn't I didn't feel much. It was like, okay, the baby's out now, you know, you can eat. <laughs> That's the first thing I could think about. You can eat properly. Um Alhamdulillah, and from there, I had to go to the obviously NICU, which is the, the neonatal intensive care unit, which where where baby boy was taken. He was of course in an incubator until further notice, and of course I couldn't be discharged. But they've had this conversation with me prior and said um, we shall trans transfer baby boy to the Great Ormond Street Hospital. To have this, the echo scan and then hopefully the intervention through the groin or we'll see how the process goes and obviously we update you mum. For me, that being my first child, him being taken away, it was very, very traumatic to me. But in that moment, I kid you not guys, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, Allah numbed me from feeling like I was so, there was so many things that was happening. I was so overwhelmed that I was so numb to any of it. I didn't like tap into any feeling. I just was like, all right, cool, move on to the next point. And I was just waiting to be discharged, just waiting to go see my child at the other side. Um, my son did end up being transported at the, in the middle of the night while I was in the hospital. Um, and I had to wake up in the morning and be on my way to Great Ormond Street Hospital for Children. And the next time that I see my child, um, it's, something definitely that a memory that I'll never ever forget because this is like your first moment and I remember just my child being attached to all these wires um with his little body he had so much hair little little tiny body in a you know baby cot bed with all these machines going off um because he was in the cardiac intensive care unit at this point and he has had the surgery. He had to have an emergency surgery through the night. And it, it couldn't wait. He had to have the medication to keep his valve open. Uh, they put a stent in his heart to keep that the blood flowing. So that he could basically keep, keep alive. So he could get oxygen. Um, he was in a sedated coma when I came. So it was also very difficult for me to digest. But wallahi by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But... The, the, the most important thing for me is that the fact that I made it that far to be able to be pregnant and then to be able to give birth and then he survived all of that and then to be able to get to the hospital and go through the surgery. For me, I felt like I've made it this far, but little did I know 
that this was just the beginning of a journey itself. Um, moments after me being with my child for a few like hours just sitting there, I had two beautiful women approach me and they were from the orthopedic team, the orthopedic clinic team, you know, a physiotherapist and an orthopedic doctor. Um, two amazing women that I still love and know until this day on. Um, and they kind of just ran me through the whole process of what the talipi journey was going to look like. I feel like I've bitten your, your ears off at this point. <laughs> I was hoping that I was going to do two episodes every two weeks since it's summer. And I'm going to just try to do what I can. I don't want to make no promises. Um, that's the thing. I hate making promises and then not pulling through. So I'm just going to try to be as consistent and as regular as possible. But for me, every two weeks, I do have three children. Alhamdulillah. Um, and yeah, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Come back for more because the journey is just at its peak. So, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.